for all your financial needs. This is Money Talks. I'm not sure I can do that. Hey, wait. Didn't I just do it? No. Oh, come on, Jennifer. You're killing me over there. All right, you're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon. I used to think I was hip until Jennifer showed up, and now I'm I'm just something she raked I've, I've off her shoe. I've just her bubble. She, uh, horribly. I mean, I, I, my kids give me feedback, and I just don't believe. But this is the most adult person in the room at the moment. So uh, did you I, say I, elderly? Is that I did not call you elderly. I said adult. I'm oh, most okay. adult. You know, well, think about it. Nice. We're, I like, I Jared and I are men, there. obviously. Our our maturity usually stops about the eighth grade. It's true. Women continue to grow and mature and, you know, become adults. Fair so, enough. Uh, anyway, uh, it was not a... Come you've been, on, you've been married a while. I can you? tell. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I can tell Jennifer is just... Just not yeah, playing along today. <laughs> All right, so you're listening to Money Talk. Troy Harmon, I'm here with Jarrett McKenzie and Jennifer Thomas. And uh, if you would like to have us answer your financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. Question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Uh, you leave your question on our recording. Uh, we play it back on the air, answer right behind it. Uh, if you'd like to talk to a human being, you can call 770 770- Four two nine nine one six six. You can ask for our radio producer Kelly Lynn, and she will get your question to us. Uh, same number you can reach Jarrett or uh, Jennifer if you have financial planning questions. Um, they can uh, they can always help you out. And uh, if you would like to talk to nobody and just email us, it's Dr. Gene at Hensler dot com. D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R dot com. Insular.com is also our website, which I mentioned earlier, has been updated recently. Uh, we do have a, a, a question we'd like to answer at the moment. Our good friend Tom, who called and talked to our producer last week uh, while we were out, wants to know, with Boeing being down because of uh, its recent problems, uh, would now be a good time to buy because the stock has taken such a big hit? Uh, are there any other stocks that you recommend buying now that have fallen, uh, making now a good time to buy? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, it points to one of the things that is pretty common. A lot of folks like to buy the dips. All i got to tell you is be careful about buying the dips. There is uh, Quite often you'll see a company fall for good reason. I think Boeing is one of those. And to be honest with you, even before any of this news broke about Boeing 737 MAX planes, the thing that I had the bigger problem with was the valuation of Boeing. If you look at um, at what we've got, companies expected to grow earnings 12.21% in the future. Uh, you know, you look at, uh, at this, this is one of those classic companies that I was kind of talking about in general for the S&P 500. Uh, 2013, they bought back 10.9% uh, uh, of Treasury stock, grew by 10.9%. Since then, 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18, um, the growth in Treasury stock has been more than 20% per year. So they've just been buying it back like crazy. Yeah, would you like to guess the debt-to-equity ratio? Well, just guess, Jared. come on. Mm, percentage man. common is around 20 30 percent right yeah i was gonna say probably not too bad 40 to 50 how about 4084 percent 
this company has levered up like nobody's business, and a lot of it is to buy back those shares. Mm-hmm. This this also Boeing is is uh, one that has a lot of backlog. You know, it'll go out and sell planes when times are fat, things are good, everything's going great. Uh, but what winds up happening is when you run into a recession, those contracts can be canceled. Mm-hmm. And uh, when economic contractions come, that's precisely what happens. Guess what? It's not real hard to unwind that 4,000% debt-to-equity <laughs> right. ratio. Debt-to-assets is only 118 Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's that's what you've been seeing. It's you know a company that's borrowed a lot of money to buy back shares, well, and it falls squarely in that other piece that I was talking about the ratios earlier in the show. Um, if you look at uh, the price to earnings, it's at currently 20.13. A long-term PE for this company is 18.95. Only a six percent premium to their long-term price to earnings ratio. Price to sales is 1.995. Versus their long-term average of 0.88. That's 126% above their long-term average. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, higher than it's been since the tech bubble. The only time that it was at a higher uh, valuation, according to sales, was during the tech bubble. Price to EBITDA, 14.77 right now. Long-term average, 10.1. 46% premium, according to that. These are the kind of numbers that I'm telling you are very common. Mm-hmm. Now, that being the case, my answer, short answer is no. I would not buy Boeing at the moment. Um, the kind of companies that I would be looking for, consumer staples have been overlooked terribly. Look in that space. I think uh, you'll find you'll find some pretty yeah. decent picks. Um, well, Tom's not the only one that's been asking about Boeing. We've had quite a few people doing it because, you know, it's sure. been a popular stock. We used to own it in the model years ago, and we've been having conversations about it. And I, I've been telling something you said to me long ago about a totally different stock, but it's it's more or less that they're, Boeing's not going anywhere. Right. But there's better places to be in the meantime while they turn some of this around with all that you just sure. mentioned that they've gotten themselves into. It's kind of right. like GE. They're not going anywhere either, but are you going to do better off by getting you know in with GE at a low price now or maybe investing in something else like a Procter & Gamble or other staples? Some of those others, yeah. Right, and then maybe down the road, once they have got the turnaround kind of going, then you get back in because right. if you just stay stagnant in the meantime, there's not going to be any progress made. And although you got in at a low price, if you got to wait, five plus years to yeah. really make any money. Yeah. It's a better place to be. So I would make the case if it's cheap for a reason, maybe so if you understand the reason well enough, this stock isn't cheap. It's just cheap relative to where it was a few months ago. <laughs> right. It, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, these numbers are from this week. The, the, it just still looks really expensive even after it's gotten a beat down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, with Boeing, I wouldn't go there. You mentioned P&G. Love the stock. They've got some some initiatives going on since their recent proxy vote fight, uh, which was last year, 2018. Uh, you know, they got Nelson Peltz on the board now. He's going to probably move in, shake things up. That's a great stock. Well, and, the, and for the second half of Tom's question there, while P&G is not one that's fallen, it would be a good one to own. There are some others I can think of, a couple in particular, that would be great to own, but... Tom, you're going to have to call us personally to get those. How about that? <laughs> there you go. There's the T's. That number is 770-429-9166. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. All right. Uh, let's see. we got uh, another one here. Uh, Sandra and Jill from Marietta say that uh, they, they're having a, a midlife crisis. This is not the kind. This is a midlife financial crisis, not the kind where you go out and 
buy a, a fancy new car or something. Uh, we're in our mid-late 40s. Uh, Jill lost her job. The company didn't pay out back pay, several paychecks, and uh, other monies they owed before the company went under. Ouch. Uh, compound, to compound the crisis, we've had a car accident, and my own health has been keeping me in and out of the hospital. Uh, we've blown through our emergency fund and are at a point where we are looking at my 401K. I don't want to, to-, uh, to touch it, um, but what else can we do? Can't well, bar, you can't borrow for retirement. We know this. You can't borrow for retirement? Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the 401K would be eligible for a loan, and that's part of this answer. But I think before you even get down that path, you, you've got to assess your budget because that's where it all starts, right? I mean, if your income has decreased because a, a job's been lost or there's been some medical bills and whatnot, the, the Netflix has got to go, you know, the, the, the smartphone stuff. I mean, it's really getting down to the necessities and all the discretionary stuff uh, has got to come out of the budget. And only once you've done that do I think you start looking at tapping retirement accounts. And and while that's what the question says here as far as the, the account being tapped, when it comes to an employer-sponsored plan like the defined contribution plan or 401K, uh, those are eligible for loans. And, and maybe a loan is more uh, appropriate here than taking a distribution. You know, if, if uh, depending on their age, which with them being in their 40s, they would get penalized for taking it. Yeah. So the loan is more appropriate. Yeah, there, I mean, the, you can get hardship <clears throat> distributions from time to time, yep. but you can, like, if you think this is a temporary situation, you can borrow typically up to 50% of right. the value. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as the rate is less than 10%, which or, is the penalty. I think the maximum is sometimes is like 50000 or yeah. I mean, there are certain limits. You have to. You need to check with your plan sponsor on what those limitations are. But you could, you know look to do that but understand you're adding another payment then mm-hmm. because true. then you've got a payment to pay that you know or it's reducing gotta, it reducing your paycheck right. gotta pay it back no yep. doubt so let's get into uh one last comment on our uh, our conversation from previous uh, where we had sandra and jill who were having a mid midlife financial crisis wanting to know what they do they've ran through their uh they ran through their emergency fund and now they're contemplating tapping the 401k what yeah. uh, what you want to tell is, is not that's not an ideal you know answer but it, it's a it's a prudent one at some point again if you've looked at the budget and made sure you've kind of minimized the discretionary expenses but we just wanted to make sure that there you you don't go out and run up debt say put these medical bills and and whatever else you might need if your car needs to be fixed things like that you don't put that on a credit card to avoid tapping a retirement account. I mean, that, that it's just the lesser of two evils at that point. But j- just know that, especially with as high as these interest rates on credit cards typically are, do not go spend on the credit card over tapping the retirement account because that's, that's almost always going to be uh, a, a worse scenario for you in the end. Yeah. Uh, even if you are reducing your retirement monies, it's just... Yeah. But, you know, if you do have medical bills, a lot of times, you know, hospitals, doctor's offices, those places will work with you um, where you don't have to pay everything at once. So there's no harm in asking them, you know, can I set up a payment plan and do that? Um, right. Yeah. Don't don't like we were saying during the break, they're not going to bring it up to you. So right. go ask the question, because I would bet you nine times out of ten. They're going to be willing to do something. It, it may not be They'll what work you want, you. right? Mm-hmm. But they will do something. And there may be no interest charged on that whatsoever, which is a whole lot better than you paying a 10% penalty, mm-hmm. you know, to pull money out of your 401k plus pay taxes on it. 
you know, or like Jarrett said, to put it on a credit card and then you're paying interest. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be my first stop along mm-hmm. the way just to see if you could do something with that. That uh, help Go, going into right, debt would be with. a last scenario. Yeah, I you're think. not going to borrow your way out of debt. It just <laughs> right. doesn't work that That's way. That's a good good way to put it. Yeah. Absolutely. Not ever. All right. Uh, with the short time we have left, I think uh, let's let's talk about this question. Travis from Milton says, uh, "Is there any way to maxim or minimize rather the tax I owe on my Social Security benefit?" Well. I'll start with how many people in this room like to pay taxes? Not a one. None of us. Nobody likes to pay taxes. Nobody likes to pay taxes. But one of my favorite things is I actually want to pay taxes because the more I earn or the more I make, the more taxes I get to pay. Absolutely. You know, and I know it's kind of a backwards way of saying it. Nobody wants to pay more than their fair share. But um, there are some strategies that you can do if you can kind of bunch income into certain years so that, you know, or spread it out between, you know, they're different. Especially if you're getting income from other sources and you know it's coming. A lot of times you can't control how, I mean, you know that you're going to have a certain amount of income, whether it's from pensions, um, you know, that if you have dividends and interest, you know approximately how much that's going to be off of your investments. You know, where sometimes you see people get frustrated is, you know, they an investment gets sold, they have large capital gains, and then it, you know, it increases their Medicare premiums, right. and yeah. which reduces down the amount of Social Security that they get. Right. And yeah. so you see the frustration in that, but at the same time, it's also, if it happens one year, you know, then... The next year it may not happen, and it, you'll see that reduction go back, you know, or that increase, the reduction in the Medicare premiums happen, and the mm. increase in the Social Security that you receive come right. back. Right. Um, I know that it can be frustrating, but there's sometimes that there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You can try to watch it and try to make sure and understand what's going to affect it. Um, if you're paying more tax on it, though, you it's because it's you're because making you more make, money, right? Yeah, you make more money. And the people that made these laws and rules may not be the smartest people in the room, but they're smart enough to make it so that you, if, you, if you're going to make more money, you are going to pay more tax, and there's just no way around it. I guarantee you, though, even if you are not minimizing the tax on your Social Security benefit because you're avoiding making money, you will be better off by making more money and paying more tax on that benefit than you, you would be by avoiding it. You don't pay That's everything you make in tax. There is no 100%. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not a bracket that yeah. makes you give it all back. Well, right. And this Never. is not one of those VA benefits where people, you know, they're, they're looking to try. They don't want to lose that benefit. Right. So that's no. a that that is a, a different scenario, I think, when you've got something that you could lose, like a Social Security disability, for instance, where they're paying it because you're not supposed to have income since you're disabled. And then you could potentially lose it altogether. That's different than a tax, which I would be happy. I'm with Jennifer. I, I, I don't not looking to pay tax, but I'm happy to do it if, if necessary, because it means I've made more right. money. Made more but money. you yep. can't you can be smart about it. Like if it's at the end of the year and you have a you know a, a position where you know you have a large gain, look at what what it would do if you sold all of it to your Medicare premiums. Look at what it would do if you sold half of it this year and half of it next year. Maybe that would be better for you to do, and it might not increase your Medicare premiums. Right. Yeah. So there's things that you could you know kind of balance it out. But right. That's a but great but point. by putting it off, the the other thing. Is I mean, th- th- there's nobody knows exactly what's going to happen right. tomorrow, right? Right. So you might run into a situation where you sold half of it today, 
and then and, and a then week from now, yeah, significantly, mm-hmm. and you don't owe any tax on it anymore. But guess what? Mm-hmm. You've lost more than mm-hmm. you would have paid because you only pay a portion of the gain in tax. Right. So, you know, when when uh, folks come to us, and we hear this all the time, you know, you you created this this tax situation in my account. Yeah, you're telling me we made you money. Mm-hmm. It's not the bad thing. Yeah. This is this was the goal when you invested your money. Yeah, if if you can minimize it otherwise, as long as there wouldn't have been another way for you to make that same money and pay less tax, then you should be fine to pay it because sure. you're optimizing the situation then. But when it comes to these these benefits like Social Security, there's just no way. I mean, you are making more money. And I think that that's relatively small for most people when you're looking at retirement accounts. You don't want to try to not make money just to avoid some tax. And there are smart things to do with taxes, which we've talked about before. Like if you're retiring, uh, you know, and you're not yet 70 and a half, you might be able to pull money out of your IRA at a lower tax bracket than waiting till 70 Mm -hmm. and a half. But yeah, to your well, point, here's, that, it's very circumstantial. Yes, you gotta everything look at is it. circumstantial. Every single situation is different. Here's the thing. If I invest 100 bucks and it makes me $100 more mm-hmm. over the years, I've got a long-term gain. I'm going to pay 15 or 20% on the capital gain. Yep. I walk away with 180 bucks, paying the government 20 mm-hmm. at worst scenario, right? How is that a bad thing? It's not. It's made a lot of progress in that, exactly. in that case. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Money Talks. We'll be back next week. I say the market's up. Gotta up. be. Gotta be for you. There we go. Market up. Thanks for listening. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.